planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? A boy! <laughs> Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always, you know that. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. I don't know what it means. Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you. Put on some muscle? I did? We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts! I know you. There's only a way in my mind. You need to face your fears. Come with me. You need to be ready. You never met Harkonnens before. They're not human, they're brutal. The Duke's son sees too much. This is my dude. Kill them all. God in heaven. Get everything with guns off the ground! Go! This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. Dad, what if I'm not the future of House Atreides? A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. But if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. If anything happens, will you protect Paul? With my life. Only together can we stand a chance. Connor McPartland alongside your younger brother and co-host Aiden McPartland. Say hi to the people, Aiden. Hello. Today we'll be starting the first entry in our 2022 awards contenders review. We're simply just going to be reviewing all of the possible awards contenders that we could see 
in the coming months at the Oscars and some of the smaller award shows and uh, giving our thoughts on them. We're going to start with arguably the biggest one that could make an appearance at this award show, both uh, lengthwise and budget-wise, Dune. This is, of course, uh, the film based off of the famous novel by Frank Herbert, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, it, it, it will be released on digital December 3rd of this year, so just in time for the holiday season. Uh, Aiden, what, what, what did you think of this film? It's a Dune. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. I that would have been cool if that had just been the end of our review. If you had just said it, it's, it's Dune, it's Dune. Honestly, what more? What more there. do I need to say about it? A lot more. Do I? Because yeah, it feels. I feel yeah. like everybody has just said everything there is to say about it. Visually, it's stunning. Well, those people this, haven't listened to our podcast though. Uh, visually, it's like astonishing the fact that it even got made. The noises of this movie are ridiculous, and the fact that we have like. The most attractive human beings all in one movie is an accomplishment that I feel like we're not talking enough about because every attractive human being is in this movie. It's it's a hot cast. It's a very hot cast. It's a hot cast. And they're all phenomenal in it. They're all phenomenal in it, even though some are in the movie for the entire run of it and some are in it for eight minutes. Yep. But they're all giving it like they're all and it's incredible. So it's interesting because this was always a book that was on the list of unadaptable novels. Mm -hmm. And we saw David Lynch attempt to do it in the 80s. Do you Uh, know what the movie he made before that? I think the only movie he made before that was Eraserhead and maybe Elephant Man. And then went to do Dune. It's pretty interesting. I mean, we talk, I mean, that's a perfect example of what happens now, right? Yeah. That was our dog, by the way. He was making weird noises. (laughs) Um. That's what everyone says now. Like Chloe Zhao goes and makes Eternals after only making like two movies before mm-hmm. then. But w- the difference between what Dennis Villeneuve is doing here is that he is splitting this movie into two parts. Yeah, which I guess caused some controversy for people at the beginning of of the release of this festival because not th- this wasn't marketed as Dune Part One. But when you start the movie, it says Dune Part One mm-hmm. at the very beginning. And you can kind of tell that this is being set up into two... Uh, that's our dogs fighting in the background. Yeah. Two uh, long films. And I think that it it's definitely to the benefit of this one. Yes, yes. Because you can't... Like, how long... The book is, like... 500 pages the book's pretty long the book's it's a pretty long book and you can't like shorten it down to just two and a half hours if you yes and like it's the new Villeneuve the of main course he's gonna make it as long as possible of the David Lynch film was that that he was trying to put it all into that uh small of a film Dennis Villeneuve just a really uh an incredible 2010s this director had um Sicario, Prisoners, Enemy, uh, Arrival, probably his most successful from an awards perspective. And then he did Blade Runner. He did, he did the sequel to Blade Runner. he did the sequel to Blade Runner. Which was really the, the beginning of this. If he hadn't done mm-hmm. that, I don't think anyone thought that he could have done this. I completely agree with you. This is a movie that I wasn't necessarily concerned about, but I just didn't think was going to be for me because I've never read the book. And this is hard sci-fi. This is about... 
uh, basically Timothy Chalamet plays a, a prince, and uh, he's learning uh, uh, how to be a part of of the world that his parents, played by Oscar Isaac and Rebecca Ferguson, are a part of. They sort of take it, it's a really hard yeah it's a hard movie, to, movie to describe but they basically take um control of this land that has a very useful mineral in this future dystopian world that they've created and there's a war over this mineral that they find themselves a part of and timothy chalamet finds himself at the center of and i was very surprised by how this movie was not all uh here's the wacky name of this world and here's the wacky yeah. name of these people it's actually pretty easy to understand mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's a lot of like more deep things into it but on the surface level it's kind of easy to understand yeah like they have to go here oh something just happened and that's important you know it's kind of like that um and and you're absolutely right i think the visuals is is I, I would say 75% of what I was astonished by with this movie. Sorry, Christopher Nolan, we didn't see this in theaters. This was mm-hmm. released simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max, which is where we saw it. We have a very big TV, if that makes anyone feel any better, yeah. if that makes him uh, feel better. But um, it, it, it is pretty stunning what, what what he was able to do with this with this film. It, it is definitely like he could have only made this movie after an incredible 10-year run. Yeah, those movies you just li- listed off. There's not a bad one out of the ones you just listed off, and he did all of that in the span of ten years. Yeah, what's really interesting about uh, how he goes about this is that there's plenty of the of those visuals and plenty of these epic battle scenes, but a lot of it is like Prisoners or Sicario, yeah. where there's actors in rooms acting, despite the fact that this is a, like has a whole bunch of sci-fi things it's kind of just a movie about humans mm-hmm. that's really what this is about it reminds you a lot of game of thrones how some of the f- best scenes in game of thrones are just people in rooms talking mm-hmm. to each other yeah and that's kind of the case here too you never feel like there's too much being set up because you they have already confirmed a second film that is happening that's coming out sometime in 2023. There's nothing stopping them from making another one after that or making a spinoff yeah. movie or a spinoff series. Like, this is a pretty lucrative brand for Warner Brothers, but there's none, you don't feel any of that in this movie. Yeah. It feels like its own thing, you know? It, weirdly, I almost feel like if they said we're not making a part two, I'd for one be very confused, but also two, I like wouldn't entirely feel like, but I need more. I just feel like it's an interesting enough ending where it kind of feels like uh, the ending of a like a book, mm-hmm. but there is still more to go. What I think is really interesting is that this movie was very successful. Mm-hmm. It is, I believe, this weekend across a hundred million dollars at the box office. Combine that with the amount of people who, like us, watched it on HBO Max. It's been a very successful film. But that thing that we were just talking about earlier is interesting when you put it in comparison to something like Eternals, right? Which, for the most part, has not 
been a very successful film by any stretch of the imagination, even though it's made a lot of money in the mm-hmm. box yeah. office. Uh, in the Marvel canon, you know, our sister is a huge diehard Marvel fan. She's also a diehard Harry Styles fan, spoiler alert, but she's not even going to go see this movie. Yeah. Um, I have and, a few friends who saw it mm-hmm. and didn't they, like they it. They hated it. But it's interesting because this the movie's around the same time length as yeah. Dune. Dune is a uh, little over two and a half hours. Uh, so is Eternals. And it has the same aspects that we're talking about, but I think that that was used to a fault of the movie because Marvel has built such a reputation at this yeah, point. for being fast, entertaining, quips, yes. you know? It needs to be funny, and so there are multiple scenes in Eternals, you know, where it's just like Richard Madden and Gemma Chan in a room talking to each other, but it's not, it's not funny dialogue. It's not cutting to, uh, you know, look at Kate Blanchett being a villain or a villain of the mm-hmm. movie being a villain and doing villain things. It's just them talking to each other. And that's this movie too. There's plenty of scenes where it's just, you know, Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalamet in a room yeah. talking to each other, but it's so engaging the way he does it and the way he shoots it. Too, the way he shoots it. And it's never like a over the shoulder kind of thing. He always has to show off in almost every shot. Every shot feels like there's such a, attention to detail and every little thing that there is where they are in the frame or what's going on or like where they are it's really it's one of those movies i just like couldn't look away from because it was so visually pleasing to the eyes yeah um let's talk about the cast so we talked about uh you know timothy chalamet i think that this was actually an interesting Timothy Chalamet performance, mm-hmm, yeah. I think, because it's very subdued most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, very whisper acting from him. Uh, mumbling That's something we acting. have to talk about in a little bit when we're done with this. Yeah. Um, what What was your, because this is a, a huge ensemble, as we talked about, who was your favorite performance in the film? Probably Rebecca Ferguson. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So we can talk about that whisper mumble yeah. acting right now. There's too much whispering in this movie. Yeah. We're talking about how uh, the best scenes in this movie we think are the ones where people are talking. But like that scene with Oscar Isaac and Josh Brolin, mm-hmm. I couldn't hear anything they were saying. They were whispering way too much. And Rebecca Ferguson just takes that to 11. Yeah. Most of her dialogue is her whispering. It's her whispering or mumbling. Now, maybe this was a fault of us because we didn't go see this in a movie theater. And so we had to control the sound by ourselves. Right. And and um, so so maybe if we saw it in a theater, we'd be able to hear everything that she was saying. She was doing a lot of whisper acting. I completely agree. She's she's really, really good she's in this great. movie. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of, I feel like, going to catapult her to the to the sort of next level of fame um, in her career. Yeah, she she's really good. You know, you and I talked about this. Um, she is her, she's the mother in this movie. She's Timothy Chalamet's mother, right? Oscar Isaac <laughs> yeah. is her father. Very young couple. You know, yeah. it's kind of, um, I guess we've seen them play parents and stuff before, but it's just super weird. But usually when they play like parents, usually their children are like young. Oscar Isaac's kid in scenes from a marriage is like eight or something like that. Timothy Chalamet is a 20 something year old man. Um, And it was just interesting because there's a couple of scenes. There's a couple of scenes. Where it seems like. Most of like the movie is just them 
Like that's their storyline is that they're pretty much always together. Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet, and Rebecca Ferguson are usually together for most of the movie, which leads to some questionable looks from the two well, of them. There's just some scenes where I thought, "Are these two gonna get together? Are these two about to do the deed right now?" And you kind of, and I constantly have to remind myself because I'm looking at two very attractive people in a scene together, and I constantly have to remind myself that that's his mom. Now, <laughs> in fairness, we don't, you know, there's a lot of like question marks about the backstories of these characters that maybe will be established in the second film, but that was just always some the one scene yeah. in particular that you and I talked yeah. about where I was like, "This is gonna happen. They're gonna, they're <laughs> they're, gonna something's do the gonna deed. happen." Something's gonna happen. Yeah. It was there were yeah. It's really really weird things. Mm-hmm. It almost made me want to be like, maybe I should have read the book. Yeah. But in general, I'm glad I didn't. So there's almost two levels of performances that we talk about. The ones that do have the majority of screen time, the main characters. It's almost as though Chalamet, Ferguson, and Isaac are in a level all to themselves because they have the most amount of screen time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think of those three, I would personally pick Oscar Isaac. I thought he was really, really, really good, which is no surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best actors working, obviously. But his his mix, he, he never goes over the top. Now, nobody does in this movie, which is the strength of it. Yeah. In those bottom tier, in that second tier of these actors coming in for only five or six minutes, who who was your favorite of those? I really enjoyed Jason Momoa. I was going to say Momoa, too. I think, see, it's unfair for me to say that he's my favorite performance in the movie because obviously he's only in it for maybe like six minutes mm-hmm. at the most. Yeah. But he basically plays Chalamet's best friend who is sent out? Who is actually able to fight? Chalamet can't fight because he has to be behind the table and learn how to do deals. And Momoa plays the the friend who's actually able to go out into war. And we've seen that role so many times in these types of movies, and it's turned out it's turned out badly it's sometimes turned out too. Like yeah, pretty cheesy. Very cheesy. Time. That's the great word to describe it. Very cliche, very cheesy, and you never really feel that in this no, movie. Yeah. Uh and he's yeah, there is so there's certainly no like cheesiness going no, on yeah. uh between them. And yeah, I, I thought he was just really, really good. You've yeah, just brought such a level of humanity to yeah. this. He's like the most human person in and, this yeah. movie. And and you know it's weird I mean, I don't know, you 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 saw the Snyder cut. I yeah. didn't, you know. So it, it's just weird for me to say that this is my favorite Jason Momoa performance because it, he's in it so little. I haven't seen Aquaman. I didn't see the Snyder cut. Uh, I don't know if he's incredible in it or anything like that, but very very a uh, good track that he's going on. Yeah, to be in this movie, to be in the DC, to make some of the more well regarded films in the yeah. DC canon. Um. I also thought Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem, for as little as he is, he's in two scenes. Kind of just reminds you, and yes, that is our dogs barking in the kitchen. Uh, kind of just reminds you of the the greatness of him as an actor. You he, he will just steal any moment that he's on screen, no matter what movie he's in. He's just always going to bring his A game, and he's so 
mesmerizing to look at. Yeah, he is. He's just so entrancing when he starts talking. And it's it's the same reason why, you know, his villain in Skyfall is one of the greatest villains yeah. in cinema history. There's just such a intenseness mm-hmm. in everything he says where it's like, you could kill somebody right now and I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Josh Brolin was great. We will mention briefly just the Zendaya thing. Obviously, there was some controversy with the fact that she was only in the movie for about seven minutes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe uh, at most eight. Yeah, maybe. It's in between there. Now, there are, I will say, and I, I don't think this is a spoiler, but they are setting up her character to have a much more significant yeah. role in the second film. Now, I do understand that I think the feeling was, okay, she's you you know you watch her in euphoria or you watch her in malcolm and marie and she's such an incredible actress but in terms of these big blockbusters she isn't used all that well in the spider-man movies no. i know it was a li- she's barely in homecoming and i know in the second one it was a little more um and then you see her in this movie and those are obviously the ones that people see more i mean we talk about how popular of a show euphoria is but it's hbo popular you it's know HBO popular. it's, it's like a 24 popular yeah it's like a million 1.2 at the most yeah. uh viewers so for the mainstream audiences to to only see her in this little and these big blockbusters i understood why it happened but guys she did get a like a free trip to like venice she mm-hmm. did yeah like i know we're all like she had to go on this press tour that sucks she had to we got great chalamet's yeah. day content she's in dune She's like that's the thing. She got to be in. She'll Dune. be in a bigger She's part. She's gonna be of the in second. Dune Part Two. Yeah. So she'll be much larger in the second. Um, before we talk about this film in terms of the awards, any other aspects of it that you wanted to talk about that you wanted to congratulate? Just, you mentioned the sound. You want to talk about the, the sound, sound and the, so- and the score the, too. The score. Just Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. What can he do? Very um Inception esque. Yeah loud yeah. noises that I had no idea existed. Yeah. And it just fits perfectly in because every time I think of this movie, I just think chaos. And that's what the score really is. Yeah. It's really chaos. It's not I mean he's so he's so subtle and interstellar and Dunkirk mm-hmm. and it's it's very it's much more um multiple instruments used at once and then Inception or in this film, it's one big one that he'll use. Yeah. Um and and just great uses of it throughout. The lack of sound, too, is something that this movie does really well. Just mm-hmm. being able to hear people walking down a hallway. Yeah. Uh, there's one scene in particular with Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. with a bug. Oh, yes, yes, with yes. With no sound, yeah. no score. Matrix-esque. Matrix-esque. That was really great, which is another thing that I have that I love about this movie. The big fight scenes are incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. But I think the most intense scenes are... Like the scene with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Where it's like one person. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel, oh, they might die now. Yeah. Which also makes me glad I didn't read the book because there were a few instances where I was like, I have no idea where this is going. Right. So maybe he might die. Right. Yeah. Which was very exciting for me. Um, so let's talk about this movie in terms of the awards season. It seems to be a front runner in terms of the Oscars, which I think we expected for some of the more for some of the technical categories at the show, but not necessarily in like best picture conversation, which sounds crazy. But then you you know you go back and you think 
in the 90s and even leaking into the early 2000s, you know, you saw Titanic, you saw Braveheart, you saw these big blockbusters that had huge budgets and made a ton of money at the box office go on to get and eventually win Best Picture, right? Yeah. It was like pretty much the entirety of the 90s, almost three-hour epics winning it. Yeah. You say Braveheart and Titanic. You also got English Patient. That's right. You also got Dances with Wolves. Now, in fact, you could argue that those are all Oscar-y movies. Those are, you know, based off of true stories. Um, And this is such a a big sci-fi epic. But, you know, the Oscars are at a weird place right now. Yeah. They're now officially going to be doing 10 movies in Best Picture. They'll do 10. I think the... I think the lack of warm reception last year's ceremony got is going to affect how we see this ceremony in terms of both how it's actually presented to us and the types of films and performances that we see Mm -hmm. nominated at it. And this being maybe not the biggest movie of the year. I think the new Spider-Man movie will probably be that, but one of the biggest movies of this year. Yeah. Uh, Well, probably one of the most talked about movies. Yeah. Just because like, everybody's been talking about it for a while. Well, and I think they were going to try, they were going to try to have a best popular film Oscar without actually making yeah, a best popular They're going to use one of their Oscar. categories that they have right now as a best popular. Film. I think they'll use one of the slots and, you know, Inception did get nominated back yeah. when there were 10 Best Picture nominees. Inception did get in there. So this is certainly a front runner for picture. I think Denise Villeneuve at the moment. At the moment, to be, yeah, definitely seems to like, not necessarily the front runner for Best Director, yeah, but is, is least in the top five. I think he, at the moment, I would have him getting nominated, was obviously nominated for Arrival, so he's been in this position before. You also have his film Sicario, Blade Runner. They've been there mm-hmm. at the Oscars. Um, cinematography, I could yes. certainly see it happening. I think right now it is the front runner for score. I, I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, we're getting, what, three Johnny Greenwood movies? I was just about so, to say. So I kind of hope that he wins. I, but right now, I'm like, yeah, let's give it to I him. will, of course, be rooting for Johnny Greenwood and any of his three scores that he'll have up, which is insane that we're getting <laughs> yeah. three Johnny Greenwood scores this year. This guy who only made scores for Paul Thomas Anderson and then that one Joaquin Phoenix movie. Pretty insane that yeah. it's happening this year. But I think that this is just a front runner. Um at, at, at the moment, I think a, a part of all these award shows is like people is the reception it gets. Like I have seen a lot of people use the Dune score on TikTok, which I know how insane that might sound. But um, I think that factors into it. This could be a Titanic situation where we don't see any actors nominated. Mm-hmm. Um I think it would be pretty hard to campaign for one actor in particular. Zendaya. Zendaya, yeah, supporting actress probably. I don't I don't think Shalmay has a shot. No. If you put him in actor and then like with Oscar Isaac and Rebecca Ferguson, they would have to go in supporting. They would right? have they would probably go into supporting, but even then, like I don't see it happening. I, I just don't see it. So I think it'll be the one movie that gets a ton of uh, I don't know. Maybe it could break a record for like. The I, most I wouldn't nominated. be shocked if it got like at least eleven nominations. Yeah. You know, like eleven or twelve, and because Joker got eleven nominations, but only one actor. 
it's crazy. That's still crazy that that happened. Well, there pretty much is only one actor in that movie. In fairness, yeah. Like, were you gonna campaign Zazie Beats and supporting actress? I was thinking actress? De Niro, but and yeah, well, um, okay. So it, it'll definitely be a part of this award season. Any final thoughts on Dune? It's good. It's good. Um, again, made available uh, on on VOD on streaming December third. If you want to be a weirdo and wait for the DVD or Blu-ray to come out, that'll be January 11th. Um, so yeah, de- two thumbs up from both of us. Definitely watch Dune. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll Good. see you next time. Goodbye.